Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. I'm Joshua. We love scary old-time radio stories. There's nothing quite like a disembodied voice telling a genuinely disturbing tale. But do these stories stand the test of time? Or are we being deceived by nostalgia? Are they suspenseful or forgettable? Bone-chilling or butt-numbing? Well, that's what we're here to find out. For tonight's episode, I've chosen The Nameless from the Hermit's Cave, a series featuring one of the most unforgettable hosts in the golden age of radio. A group of actors known as the Mummers started using the character of the Hermit as part of sketches they performed in the early 1930s on WJR in Detroit. They developed an early version of the show in the Hermit's Cave, probably taking a lot of inspiration from The Witch's Tale. In 1937, Olga Cole sponsored the show, which became simply The Hermit's Cave. Over the next 10 years, more than 500 episodes are produced, which doesn't take into account the episodes produced when versions of the show were exported to the West Coast, twice. Once as The Devil's Scrapbook in 19, from, from 1938 to 1939, and again as The Hermit's Cave from 1940 to 1944. The Hermit's Cave was one of many series to be rebroadcast as part of the Armed Forces Network's Mystery Playhouse, hosted by Peter Lorre during World War II. In his introductions for The Hermit's Cave, Lorre welcomed listeners to The Hermit's Cave by saying, High on some lonely promontory lives a strange old fellow. He's the hermit. His home a cave, hollowed from the rocky hillside. His only companions a, a pack of evil-looking, evil-smelling dogs. It has been said that no tale of mystery or horror of this world or the next has escaped the hermit's knowing gaze. So he's from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> this episode, The Nameless, ironically is widely known by a second name, namely, The Nameless Day. It's a little difficult to pin down exactly when this episode originally aired, probably 1940? So now, it's time to listen to The Nameless. Eric? Forget the petty distractions around you. Forget what you think you know. Forget everything but what you hear right now. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. The Mummers in the Little Theater of the Air. Talking on another line. Will you wait, please? Good afternoon, Harden Wilkin Company. 
want any of it. Our advertising must pay for itself. I haven't any money to throw away on questionable charity. Goodwill be hanged. That doesn't put black ink in my ledger. No, tell them to peddle their magazine space somewhere else. I haven't any use for it. Hmm. I didn't make my money to give it away. I have enough brains to make it. Let's hope I'll continue to have enough brains to keep it. Hello? Yes, Wills. Republic, 70,000 units, yes. American, 140,000 units. Standard, 95,000. That's grand, Wills. Huh? Well, never mind about that. You just bring in the orders. I'll take care of filling them on time. Yeah? Yep. Right. 305,000 units in one day. <laughs> I knew this invention would bring me a fortune. Over 3 million units the first year. Harton Wilgen, a millionaire in three years. A millionaire. That's all that counts. <laughs> a millionaire. All right, there's the more. Pull up. Right. Another John Doe for you. John Doe, huh? Yeah. All right, bring him in. All right. You got that in, Bill? Yeah. Go ahead. Where's he from? Out by Coleman Swamp. Drowned? Nope. Uh, how then? Don't know. Going ahead to look at him? Yeah. Performed an autopsy and still on a high dive. Here, put him on here and we'll wheel him in. A little higher. Okay. Uh, how come he's a John Doe? Not a mark of identification on him. Labels torn off his clothes, even the buttons ripped off. Murder, eh? Looks like it. The question is, how? Poison? Coroner says not. Analysis showed no trace of poison. Say, Alec, uh, do we have to go back any farther with you? Why? I don't like this place. Hey, you've been to the morgue enough times, Ford, not to bother you. It always does. I want to get out into the fresh air. Good thing my nose don't bother me. Well, okay, you can leave him here. I'll take care of him. Coroner will be in tomorrow, Alec. All right. I'll just check him in and wait for the coroner. That's right. Come on, let's get out of here. John Doe. Always bothers me when they bring them in. When they're not identified, they end up in Potter's Field. Seems to me a feller's soul just don't rest right when he's buried in Potter's Field as John Doe. I suppose when the names are read off, he'll know which one to answer to, and it'll be all right. But until then, I just can't see how his soul could rest peaceful. Now, let's see now. Uh, you'll take number nine, please. There. There, John Doe, number nine. John Doe, number nine. What? John. Who, who's talking? <laughs> I must be hearing things. This place always did have strange echoes. Maybe the souls had got separated from their bodies too quick. I hope someone claims you, John Doe number nine. I, Stanley Creighton... Now John Doe number nine. Destined for Potter's Field. 
to rest among the nameless. Harden Wilgen saw to it that identification was impossible. Harden Wilgen. I thought he was my friend. <laughs> my friend. I know now that he never intended to share the proceeds of the invention with me. He was just waiting until I had it perfected. How was I to know when he handed me the drink that afternoon a month ago that it was the first step toward Potter's Field? It was in the little shack in Coldman Swamp where he'd gone for privacy. Wilgen said... Nearly finished, Stanley? Yes, Wilgen. And it's going to work this time. It's going to work. Good. What have you been doing in the kitchen? Just mixing up a little celebration drink. You chemists are always mixing up some new concoction. Well, here, stop a moment and try it. All right. Smell good while you were making it. It is good. Hmm. It is at that. What is it? Made mostly of herbs that grow around the cabin here. Swell. Now, hold your breath. I'm all ready to try the units. You uh, hook those two connections to the battery while I get the thermometer attached. Uh, X goes to the positive terminal. Uh, where's that ammeter? I guess here it is. Ready? Ready. Connections tight? As tight as the clamps will hold. We're ready, then. I'll switch it on. Motor's running perfectly. Yes. Watch the thermometer. It's taking a nosedive already. Down 15 degrees. And look at the ammeter. The motor's drawing less than three amps of current. The experiment is successful, then? Of course it's successful. The unit will completely cool an automobile in less than half an hour and will keep it cool as long as needed. The motor draws less than three amps. That's less than a car radio. The unit can be run off the car battery indefinitely? Of course it can. All the battery needs is normal charging. Harden, the Wilgen Creighton unit is ready for the market. <laughs> the Wilgen unit? Uh, let's drink on it. Our fortunes are made. Wilgen, we're rich. Of course we'll drink on it. <laughs> Bring on your witch's brew. <laughs> That's a good name for it, Stanley. In case the motor is we've planned and you won't hear a sound from it. Here we are, Stanley. To riches and easy living. To the successful marketing of the Wilgen Creighton unit. And then, on to more inventions. Hmm. <sighs> hey, you'll have to tell me how you make that drink. Has a bitter taste that I like. Yes, I'll tell you... Stanley, are you sure the unit is perfect? Wilgen, I'd stake my life on its perfect performance. Hmm. That's a high stake. That's how sure I am that it will do the work. The next thing is to get the necessary patents. You have all the papers, haven't you? Yes. Why don't we draw them up now? Why not wait till the morning? We'll do that first thing. All right. <sighs> I feel a little sleepy. Do you? I think I'll turn in in a few minutes. Might be a good idea. I'm not very sleepy. I think I'll sit up a while. That drink seems to have gone to my head. In what way? How do you feel? Very dizzy. Uh -huh. My head feels very heavy. Not as heavy as it will feel in a few more minutes. What do you mean? Is it supposed to work that way? Yes. It is supposed to work that way. Why do you say it that way? Stare at me the way you do. <laughs> the witch's brew. That was a good name you gave the drink. Don't you feel dizzy, too? No. I didn't drink it. Didn't drink it? No. <laughs> the witch's brew. Why are you staring at me that way? Wilkin, you haven't... Yes, I have. I've poisoned you. You devil. <laughs> Try to get at me. Try to use your limbs. I, I can't. Your head's getting heavier. Why did you do this? Whose money is going to market this invention? 
Mine. You wouldn't have anything to mark it but for me. And whose solution are you using in the freezer? I told you what mixture to use. The Wilgen unit is going to make a fortune. The Wilgen unit, not the Wilgen Creighton unit. <sighs> Wilgen, don't do this. Give me an antidote. There's no antidote known. I wouldn't if I could. I'll go away. I won't lay any claim to the invention. For heaven's sake, don't kill me just to get it all for yourself. You'll go away. I've made sure of that. Wilgen. I can hardly see you. Give me an antidote. Save my life. You can't be so inhuman. The poison is made from two common herbs that grow here in the swamp. It's been known for centuries. In 24 hours, there will be no trace of it left in your body. With all identification marks removed from your clothes and no relatives to come sticking in their noses. That was convenient, Stanley. You not having any relatives. <laughs> Go ahead, writhe. In a few moments, when the poison is ready to overpower the heart, you will jump like a jack-in-a-box. They will find your body in a swamp, Stanley, near a spot I know of where the ground is hard. Won't leave footprints. <laughs> kick. Go on, kick. This was the only sure way. This unit is going to make me a fortune, and I'm not going to share it. over. He's dead. No one will ever know who he is or how he died. <laughs> ah, life is going to be easy now. Riches, luxury. I'm safe. They'll never trace this to me. They won't know who he is. Got to get him out of here. Drag him outside then see if I can lift him. Got to get out of here. many echoes in this room tonight. <laughs> what was that? Got to get out of here. Too many echoes of lost souls in a morgue. <laughs> it's number nine. I swear, I saw his hand move. <laughs> it is moving. It is. <laughs> it, it raised his hand up and, and looked at me. <laughs> number nine is getting up out of his coffin. Got to get out of here. Talking. I, I hear him playing. Help! Help! The dead are moving and talking! Help! Help! John Doe, number nine. Got to get out of here. Got to get out of here. John Doe, number nine. Got to get out of here, John Doe. <laughs> A dead man gets up off the slab in the morgue and is now wandering through the city streets. 
Where is he going? What is he going to do? <laughs> the hermit will tell you before the night is done. <laughs> is the third door to your right, sir. I know. Third door to right. Hmm. What's the matter with that guy? Good morning, Harden Wilkin Company. Just a moment. I'll have to look it up. I'll call you back in a few moments, Mr. Andrews. Yes, sir. What did you wish? Harden Wilgen. This is the Harden-Wilgen Company. I want to see Harden-Wilgen. Whom shall I say is calling? John Doe. What's that? I am called John Doe. Mr. Wilgen knows me. He knows me. What did you wish to see Mr. Wilgen about? The Wilgen unit. Just a moment, then. I'll call Mr. Wilgen and find out if he can see you. Mr. Wilgen and Mr. Doe... Wait a minute, sir. You can't go into his office yet. Oh, look. Look at that man. He, he walked right through the door. He didn't open the door. He walked right through it. Help! Oh, come here and help! Oh, help. Everything's getting black. Help. Grace. Hello, hello. What's wrong with that girl? Who wants me, did you say? John Doe, number nine. What? I want you, Wilgen. I, John Doe, number nine. You remember John Doe, number nine, don't you, Wilgen? Stanley. Stanley Creighton. I am John Doe, number nine. For a moment, I... I thought you were Stanley Creighton. You look like Stanley Creighton. John Doe, now. Number nine. How did you get in here? What do you want? You. Harden Wilgen. I want you... Get out of here. Get out of my office. Who are you? You know me, Wilgen. You remember the witch's brew? Stanley. You remember now. Stanley Creighton is dead. You're an imposter. No Get out. longer am I Stanley Creighton. You saw to that. I'm John Doe number nine. My residence is the morgue. My resting place, a cold slab of marble. Get out of my sight. Look at my hands in the daylight, Wilgen. They're turning black. The blood is drained from my body. Go stop. Look. Look, Wilgen. See? 
Here is the long slash on my body. The autopsy revealed no poison. You were right. Your crime was clever. You reckoned with everything but me. Get away! It'll do you no good to call for help, Wilgen. You've come face to face with me. Your face is white hot now, too. Like mine. Your heart is burning with fear. Your time on earth is almost drained away. Your mouth is dry and parched, Wilgen. You feel dizzy. Try to use your limbs. You can't. A glass of water sitting in front of you. You need water. Yes. Drink it, Wilgen, drink. It wasn't water, Wilgen. Poison. What? You hear me? Poison. You have drunk poison. Help! Help! I'm I'm choking. I can't... Can't breathe. I... You'll speak no more. It's all over, Wilgen. You reckoned with everything but John Doe and death. I, John Doe, number nine. My work is done. John Doe, number nine. John Doe, number nine. I found her just like this, Doc, lying on the floor. She just fainted, that's all. She'll be all right in a moment. I thought I heard someone call help. Sounded like it came from the Wiggins Company, so I ran in and found her lying on the floor. Then I ran down to your office, Doc. Oh. Uh, she's going to be all right. Take a drink of this, please. Oh, she was calling help. help. That's what she's saying now. Mr. Wilgen. Mr. Wilgen. What about Mr. Wilgen? A man... The man who said his name was John Doe walked right through the door. Walked through it. I saw him. He what? Don't you understand? He, he wasn't real. He vanished through the door into the office. Is this Mr. Wilkins' private office? Yes. He vanished through his door. I guess I'd better find out from Mr. Wilkins what this is all about. Mr. Wilkins. Uh, pardon me, Mr. Wilkins, but... Wait. What's wrong here? Uh, come in here, quickly. What's wrong, Doc? <gasps> oh. Mr. Wilgen is... The man is dead. 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 The man. The strange-looking man. He walked through the door, came in here and killed Mr. Wilgen. There are no wounds. Must have been his heart. I have never seen such a look on anyone's face before. He died in horror. Terrible horror. stand this place, Alec, when it's worse at night. You think I like it after all that's happened? What are you bringing me back for? I, I just gotta see. I gotta see. You talk like a wild man. I think I'm losing my mind. Here. We're going to look at him. Who is it? You remember? John Doe, number nine? Yeah, I remember. He's lying here quiet now. Like all the dead lie. Sometimes... You think you can see him breathing? Oh, cut it, Alec. I heard him. I heard him speak. I saw him move last night. I saw it. You know, you know, you're 
plain nuts. Is that so? Well, listen. You saw the evening paper, didn't you? Sure, I saw it. You read about Hardin Wilgen, didn't you? Yeah, I read it. Died in his office today. Sure he did. The coroner says it was just a case of heart attack. No signs of murder. Yeah. What are you talking about? They didn't bring the body of Hardin Wilgen to the morgue. No. But you read about the girl in his office, didn't you? How she says a strange-looking fellow came in the Wilkin Company, said his name was John Doe, and how he walked right through the door. They say she was seeing things. Well, what, what about it? And listen, you know what I think? It was this John Doe, him, lying here. He walked into that office. Alec, Alec, you are crazy. Crazy, am I? Dead bodies lying in morgues. Well, they don't get up and walk out in the streets. You don't think they do. No one thinks so. But me? I think so. Now I do. I tell you, I saw this John Doe number nine move on the slab last night. I heard him speak. I've always said a man buried as John Doe didn't rest easy in his grave. I want to get out of here. This one didn't rest easy. Even before we put him in the potter's field. It's like he really didn't die at all. And look at him now. Lying here. Quiet. Quiet and somehow peaceful. You know, he even looks different than he did last night. Sort of... Like he had gone to sleep in death. in the hermit's cave are fictitious and similarity to persons, places, or occurrences is purely accidental. That was The Nameless from The Hermit's Cave. You're listening to the mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense and horror stories from the golden age of radio. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. I'm Joshua. And this week, uh, the selection was made by Tim. Yes. And so, as we start always, Tim, why the hell did you pick this? Two reasons. I was very anxious to get the Hermit's Cave in here so I could start saying, Wee! 
weird stories whenever I wanted to, and there was some sort of context for it. <laughs> you can do and that. And murders, too. Murders, too. Is a bonus. <laughs> I, I really felt I needed to hold that back until we had an episode of The Hermit's Cave, so now it's going to be that all the time. Weird stories. <laughs> um, Second reason. Yes. Uh, is that I feel like this story has an element of horror that isn't around anymore, of uh, horror stories that were just meant to be a little disturbing. Not necessarily scary, but unsettling. And I don't think those sorts of horror stories are around anymore, and I kind of wanted to talk about why or what's their worth these days. A couple things. Uh, First time you heard it was for this podcast, or was it something from the past that you brought back for this podcast that you'd heard before. I had heard a different Hermit's Cave story that uh, I was looking around for stories from this, uh, and this was a better audio quality, so I decided on this one. All right. And um, uh, the uh, Hermit's Cave, we said in the beginning, uh, I did not know this. This is not one of the more well-known old-time radio shows. If you say to an average fan or someone who's new or whatever escape or lights out or the shadow the shadow thank yeah. you yeah they, they would say yep those would be named but over 500 of these episodes In were total, done over 800 including That's, the west coast ones right and i love a mystery went through that same thing where there was you know i don't know thousands i don't know i'm making up numbers now but yes they did a west coast version and so there but it's not well known. It's not no. in the lexicon of pop culture like we remember it. And uh, I have, I'll be honest, this is only the third Hermit's Cave I've ever listened to. And I did for this podcast. I've just kind of uh, not spent a lot of time on this. Uh, have you listened to a lot of these? Um, there's not necessarily a lot still existing to listen oh. to. I've maybe listened to four or five total. Do we know how many are left of these? Is This is one a of those sets. A couple dozen, stories. I think. There uh, aren't a lot of them. Yeah. I have an old cassette box set of Hermit's Cave with this really bad artwork of the Hermit on it, so I've probably heard... Does it uh, look like Schlepp Rock from... Uh, or no, yes, no Captain Caveman. Yeah, yeah, Captain got, Caveman is who I keep picturing. <laughs> Captain Cave Hermit! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it. That's the highest your voice goes. Right there. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I found that really... I did not know that... Oh, so that's sad. There's a lot missing. Maybe. It's sad. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Probably. So, uh, what element of this, uh, Tim, did you like? Uh, again, I can't overemphasize how much I love the hermit himself and his yes. little intro. The hermit kills me. He's... <laughs> 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 Sort of like he's, he's half scary, half wacky prospector. He's like, there's gold in them there hills. He has that quality, right? Half. Right? <laughs> it's at least it is a wacky prospect. Come on. Oh, I also found it interesting in the intro, and, and, and I knew this from way back. I don't know why it stuck with me, but Hermit's Cave was some considered it a direct ripoff of Witch's Tale. Yeah, that's. Uh, I may have been being gentle in my <laughs> description. Right, that the... the, the at the time, I remember reading in the our here we go geek time, but in the old radio encyclopedia mm-hmm. that we own, there's a whole section in there of some outrage mm. of of the direct ripoff of Witch's Tale. But I I found I find it a better written. And we did a Witch's Tale, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Uh, also in the story, uh, like I say, as a straightforward, is this suspenseful? I don't really think it is. Um, 
but there's something weird about weird. <laughs> Can't not do it, <laughs> right? About the state of this guy after his death, and he's just sort of repeating the last thing he heard before he died. He's repeating this name over and over and over again. Well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> and I do think it's one of the more effective things. It it, it is maybe overdone, but yes. at first it's very effective. That rep- repetition of John Doe number nine, um, you- and that it's not necessarily meant to be like today. Horror is gore or jump scares kind of I think of mm-hmm. suspense and this is mostly just it's unnerving it's unsettling to ex- hear this guy experience this yeah uh, do you guys remember the joke of god I might be going on a little do you remember a joke that was just a guy repeating guess what I can do with my slippery slimy gopher guts do you remember that joke nope. no so this conversation is about to go nowhere okay. <laughs> but it reminded me of that Let's joke record it. it's, it's one of those jokes that goes on for as long as you want it to go on and has no punchline but you just keep guess what I can do mm-hmm. with my slippery slimy gopher guts Somebody out there will remember it. But uh, him saying, I am John Doe number nine, I started to say that phrase in my head. (laughs) Not only that, as Tim was actually, uh, you guys were watching me uh, listen to this episode, every time he said number nine, I said number nine. Yeah, of course. The the Watusi. (laughs) Twist. Elder, I know. Number nine. Yeah. Um, Joshua, thoughts? Yeah. I hear what him saying <laughs> about it being an older style of mystery show, but I think to a certain extent it just sort of lacks any, I don't want to say twist, because I don't think everything has to be a shock uh, at all, but it just sort of goes straight forward, and everything you expect to happen happens, and there isn't really anything surprising about it nor is it really shocking or or, or gory no. you know it is just like we're gonna we're gonna start this train moving and it's gonna end where you know it's gonna end except for one thing there's one moment uh, he walks through the door yeah okay yep that's kind of a shocking went, moment wait that's, that's the I one thought, thing he does that's unusual and I'm like wait he's a zombie right he's a, he's a walking dead came from the morgue but then you realize and as it comes to the end this is i'm kind of defending this more than you are i think and, uh, he we're led to believe at the end when they're back in the morgue or in the slab or whatever that he's never left so it's it's a manifestation of john doe number nine not really him but then they take it too far and they say so now he's he's walking around the streets he's out there there, there's an you almost can't recognize dead guys. Yeah, there's an almost farcical element. Like I feel like, like this might have been better as a comedy. Like when he <laughs> when he goes and talks to the elevator attendant, and, hey, yeah, and, and then he yeah, goes more, yeah. and he goes talks to the secretary, John Doe number nine. I have an appointment. Yeah, I have an appointment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Going up. <laughs> David Cross is John Doe yeah, number nine. Yeah, just <laughs> says everything like this <laughs> because I'm dead. <laughs> there's there's two parts that I found worthwhile for a, a horror story. Uh, the prolonged poisoning scene. The it's weird when, when he says yeah kick kick. Yes. It's like getting off on it, and you hear the sound effects really effective there, yes, and you get yeah, this idea of it just body writhing. Yeah. That is the most effective horror element in this entire episode. And then paralleling to that, this idea that he's just sort of I don't know if he it's meant to imply he actually poisoned. Um, his his former partner, or he just comes back and tells him, "Drink this. You've drank poison. Now you're dead." And he just talks him into dying. 
it's strange. Right. Yeah, yeah it's unclear yeah. That he had some supernatural powers at the end. Clearly, yeah. he walked through the door. Yeah, he described the same symptoms that uh, he himself felt when dying, and then um, what's his name? Wilgen drops dead. Yes, the Wilgen unit. The, Forgive, the, 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 the Wilgen unit. So many units. <laughs> Forgive me. Which, which is basically, I'm sorry. Let me cut in. Yeah, yeah. He invented a radiator, right? Is that an air conditioner? I believe it was a, for a car. Yes. But it's something that cools a car. I was just wondering if they invented Johnny a radiator. Radi- yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, looking back, it just didn't seem like that miraculous of an invention. <laughs> Millions of dollars. <laughs> the do- the guy he goes to visit, he checks in at the secretary and all that. Who, forgive me, <laughs> who is the guy he's going to visit that he's killing? Is that his, what is his old business partner? His old business partner. So it's got the, it's Jacob Marley visiting Scrooge. Yeah. Okay. And, that, and that's Thank what I was you. wondering. That's it, what I thought, but it didn't get, it wasn't I, clear. I'm not from as familiar as I should be with A Christmas Carol in that I can't recognize exact dialogue, but it sounds like they are literally lifting dialogue from A Christmas Carol at the beginning when uh, Wilgen's talking on the phone, and he's like, good will be hanged. That doesn't put black ink on my ledger. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I know it's You're 1940, right. but do they still have ledgers? I don't know. <laughs> it yes. sounds just like it sounds just like Scrooge. I mean, it, it must have it been It sounds like Black Widow to me. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It, it is very much lifted from that. That, that opening, though, is it's funny. Uh, how can we establish this guy as greedy and self-interested? Let's take a lot of effort and time to mm-hmm. put into this. And everyone, again, this is that early radio where everyone thinks all their thoughts out loud. He gets <laughs> off the phone, and he's just like, hey, hey I'm going to be rich. Yeah, yeah that's he's right. Just like, he's yes. just gloating out loud. This is, right. This is what's going to happen to me. I've poisoned you. <laughs> There's the other really weird element where it's dismissed really quickly uh, when John Doe number nine is is doing the flashback and telling us how he was poisoned, where he just sort of says off the cuff like, "Yeah, hey, yeah, we went to this tiny shack in the middle of the swamp, you know, for privacy." <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Why did you go to a shack in a swamp for privacy? Yet, and then he says, "And we were in the kitchen." I'm like, "This shack has a kitchen, and he's making fancy swamp drinks to poison him." Like, <laughs> fancy swamp drinks. <laughs> it's really bizarre. Yeah. I do want to take this opportunity because Eric and I talked briefly before this about poisoning. Mm-hmm. Um, unrelated to the podcast. Just so watch yourself, Scrimshaw. <laughs> <laughs> but I was doing some research for a different project, and apparently in 1920s, poisoning was really common. Happened a lot. Because really? arsenic was totally legal to buy in the form of rat poison, Paris Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we were talking about when we were listening to this, is he found a poison <laughs> that leaves the body in 20... It was like the miracle poison. Yes. And I said to Tim... Is this a real? Th- what is what is this poison? Oh, it's swamp. Yeah, it's herbs. swamp herbs. And I went, ah, oh, so they just made it up. So this doesn't exist. Well, good because if something like that existed, but it turns out it's true. It People did killed themselves, yes. each other with poison back then. Yes, far more than the danger of guns. Nineteen twenties was the danger of arsenic. Plus, I'm guessing uh, forensically, didn't have the ability to discover it. I don't believe so. So there you go. So that was real. That and the guy going through the door. Other than that, nothing else is real. <laughs> Alec the morgue guy was pretty funny. How he like just chatter away to the dead guys and everything's really. I actually enjoyed that. I, I, I did too. I thought it was a good at character. Least, 
he felt like a character, but he was just like he heard a strange noise in the morgue. And he's like, oh, I guess it's just the souls leaving the bodies. He's just like, da 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 da. Yeah, but I like the idea of it being centered around him, like just the guy in the morgue talking to. I mean, that's got to that's got to be a job, right? Just figuring out what's going on by his feeling, mm-hmm. based on the way corpses look, right? Well, like you know, if this were a lights out, it would all be about. Alec the Morgue guy and it would be like it, it would zoom in and it would be like one really weird thing and it would use every single it would, it would twist that idea and, and try to come up with as many versions of, of that as possible what all can go on in a morgue where you think you hear sounds or a guy who talks to a dead guy and it lacks that sort of just concentration on one idea and it just yeah, there's a unfolds lot unfolds exactly how you think it's going to unfold, and then after it unfolds, it then has, I think, two different scenes of people explaining what just happened to you. As the cops come in, and they sort of explain it, what just happened, and then they go to the morgue. Of, this script is short. <laughs> it came in short. It's like, fill in, guys. Okay, so to back up that point, how many times did this end? It ended like three, like three times, times I and I went done. And no, oh, no, we're nope. going, we're going to the office. Okay. We're going somewhere else. And so I almost made that joke to you when I was listening. To you. I said, "Was there someone doing the stretch sign? Come on, guys, we got ten more minutes." How about he goes to a carnival? <laughs> Weird stories, stories that are too short. We have to fill stories. <laughs> Well, I think that about well, that's enough. That's enough. I think we were pretty much on yep. board. I I think we love the hermit, and we love his <laughs> intro, and we love his unmanageable dogs who just bark constantly in the background. Okay, can I say what my daughter said? Yeah, we were listening to this and all the howling wolves and the dog. <laughs> How many dogs does this guy own? <laughs> she says from the other side of the house. <laughs> yeah. Go back to your homework. You're not supposed to be yeah, listening. So, either the hermit's cave is is like you know a puppy mill <laughs> going on, <laughs> or he does own way too many dogs. Someone who should call the city. I mean, there's something right. weird going on. I I think that there are parts of this I really did enjoy, and I don't think it's a complete flop. Uh, I I just want to say again, and we do this a lot, like, oh, I wish I could rewrite this for them. If it was about Alec the Moore guy, and that's all it was, I think that this would be a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we could focus on him and his talking to the dead people and giving them personality, especially the John Doe aspect, the people he doesn't know. I found that really an interesting thing. But then, and then, you know, he had a dentist appointment and walked through the door and... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Something happens. weird happened. Something. Well, and, and as I was speaking about a little bit of that aspect of this isn't a story to scare, it's a, study to, a story to unsettle you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think it necessarily does successfully, but I think that's more the genre it's meant to be. Um, and I, I'm a little compelled by it for that reason. Overall, though, I don't think it holds up. It's meant to unsettle you, yet at the end kind of satisfy you in that we, we have the, the, the greedy Scrooge-like character who gets his in the end. Just um, like Scrooge. Just like he got Scrooge. <laughs> yes, and and so there's something... Uh, Wait, what, is that what happens? <laughs> we have not listened to a episode in a while that had that had that sort of just desserts at the end, and this guy really got what he deserved um him and his unit (laughs) (laughs) got it in the end (laughs) i would say i'm gonna vote it it doesn't quite stand up i agree i agree 
So why did you send it to us, Tim? <laughs> so from now on, every episode, <laughs> I can say, Wee! Stories! <laughs> and I will. All right. So to Can we change that? it to the weird old radio listening <laughs> society? If that guy was still alive, I'd pay him whatever to do our intro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the guy from uh, uh, Pun Guy. From, uh, Raymond, Raymond from the Inner Sanctum. Inner Sanctum, yes. <laughs> All right, well, that does it. This is the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. We are dedicated to suspense and horror stories from the golden age of radio. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about this episode, these people, uh, listen to past episodes. Find out what we're doing other than this podcast. A lot of us have some great shows that you can see us live at. Come and see us, please. You can go to... GhoulishDelights.com That is GhoulishDelights.com And as long as you are on iTunes, hopefully, listening to this, this is what you should do. Write a review. A good review. A good review. <laughs> Write a nice review. Yes. Just be nice. Right? Yes. Yeah. Five stars. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. I'm Joshua. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, remember... Look out!